You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, guys. I'm so happy to have you for this episode of the Enneagram and Marriage Pod. Today, I'm so grateful to be joined by Julianne Taylor Shore. She is helping us to feel safe, connected, and empowered in our relationships. She has done such a beautiful job in her book, Boundaries That Stick, that I was geeking out when I read it. And not only that, then when she said she would come on the pod, I was so happy because when I read a book, I enjoy it mentally, as probably many of you do. But when I can also enjoy it experientially and get a lot of tips for how to actually feel differently, it makes all the difference in the world. And that's exactly what happened to me through this book. I needed it at the time, and it was perfectly timed to and, and gifted by my beautiful friend, Bina. Shout out to her who gave it to me in that moment and no, a couple's therapist who just knew that I would need this. And so I'm so grateful to have Julianne on because I wanted to share it with you. And when I do have a guest on, it's because something in their life, even if we're different, has, of course, we're all going to be different, has truly touched my life. And sometimes it's a, a really, sometimes I'm just learning with you, but this time it was an actual tangible learning. And I continue to use her book. In fact, I'll be completely putting my cards on the table when I say this, but I just used her book a little while ago too, today. So it was great to come into this practice and I'm just grateful. So you're going to be in for such a treat. Make sure you check out the show notes if you're like, yes, the programs and books she talks about. Yes, I want them. Okay. Now, the other thing I want to remind you of is that the NES Summit is really close. It's just a week away, basically. It's March 5th through 7th. So it depends on when you're listening, but I'm assuming you're listening the week of February 25th. Um, you might be listening in a different time frame. At any rate, it is here. And if you're past it, come back to it. This is a worthy stop because I'll tell you what, there's going to be 20 speakers. And if you're coming past this time, it won't be free, but you can get the all access pass. And I have both linked in the show notes. And I am so geeked out and excited because not only, of course, I'm thankful that I get to be one of those speakers on Enneagram and Love and Relationships, but also there's some very deep topics. There's going to be even grieving and healing from an unhealthy ex. So many of you probably carry that. I know I have carried that at times. Um, of course, how to love each type and even dating, how each type acts while they're dating, how to take care of each type. I think this one is really going to be key, and that is how type sabotages intimacy and connection, and how boundaries can improve relationships. So many faces and names that you're probably familiar with, but definitely want to make sure you remember to check it out in the show notes and just sign up now so you can already start getting the emails to prep you, and also make sure that you get that all-access pass if you, like I said, want to take your time and not have to rush and you do want bonuses and such because we have lots of those for you as well. 
So make sure you check all that out in the show notes in addition to Julianne Taylor Shore's information. This is just one of those episodes where you get lots of goodies for you for long term. And there's all kinds of previews for the NES Summit on the page as well. So we can all continue to do our work together, right? So let's welcome Dr. Julianne Taylor Shore now. Julianne, thank you so much for joining us for the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. We have already been joking today. It's just, I love it. So yeah. thank you. And I can't wait now to ask you your type. Tell us all about yourself. Yeah, sure. I'm a seven with an oh eight wing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no wonder. My type also. <laughs> Is it? Oh, that's brilliant. How fun. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh, the kinetic energy, the flow that everyone's getting today, guys. Yeah. This is why I vibed so much with her book. I was like, have to have her on the show. So oh. grateful to my friend Bina, who also referred to you. Oh, loving that. She's amazing. Yes, yeah, she is. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, tell us more about yourself too. Yeah. I love your work. So we would love to hear a little backstory. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So gosh, I'm a therapist, writer, uh, teacher in Austin, Texas. I'm a neurobiology geek. Ooh, love that. That is my jam. And uh, that happened actually because when I was starting out in this work, I actually came to therapy, how a lot of therapists come to therapy, which is my life was in total crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense that you're like, I needed it. And I, needed I had to. to hold me, not just quick CBT sort of cognitive solution, but something no. with depth. Yep. Something with depth. And I wasn't even I got into an argument for the first six months with my therapist about whether or not feelings were important. My argument was that they were not. My goodness. I, very <laughs> That's my beginning point. That's my get, my beginning point is my life is in chaos. Why aren't you telling me um, what to do to fix it? I thought that's why I was here. And he's <laughs> like, but what are you feeling? And I'm like, I don't see why that matters. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. is a feeling by the way? Yeah. So, um, and, also, and after a two year journey with this person, this sweet therapist, amazing man, um, he really did help me save my life. Um, I was in a really hard situation, hard marriage and got out and, and I'm okay. And then one day I looked at him and I said, Patrick, how did you get your job? I think I might want it. And at that time I was an auto mechanic, turning wrenches for a living. And I a different life. I had a totally different life. How fascinating. I know. Right. And then I went into grad school and went, wait a second, you're asking me to work with the brain, Mm. but you're not telling me anything about a brain. And also I still think feelings may be stupid. So I dove deep into neurobiology, found out I loved it. Mm. It helped me make sense of why all this depth work works, why experiential work works, why stuff like the Enneagram really helps you all this, yeah. uh, the neurobiology led me mm. to a really wild experiential therapy path. And now I do sand tray and, and yeah. parts work and oh, love that. yeah, I'm just in it to help people build deeper relationships with themselves and finding their own inner wisdom and finding their center and knowing that there's there's an intrinsic 
healing path that everyone has. Mm, yeah. And I think my job as a therapist is to help people find it. And so when I run trainings, it's all about that and, and how to do experiential work well and stuff like that. And I interweave neurobiology and all I do, cause I want, right. Here's the thing is I think we built a world where we're actually asked to work against our brains a lot. Yes, I do. Too. And I want to help people start working with their brain. And so if we can just understand a little bit about how the brain works, then it'll help us all be easier to handle the hard stuff. Cause I, all of this never makes life easy. I don't think there's a thing for that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're going to have to go through some hard stuff, but I'm going to at least yeah. give you the roadmap and so fascinating that you took the mechanical turn here. And I think that mm-hmm. most of us try to do this in a relationship with others when we're not healthily mm-hmm. attached. We, we try to say, yeah. oh my gosh, like I don't feel good. I'm not self-soothed. So therefore I need you to do that. And that's why I love the subtitle of your book, how neurobiology can help you, you rewire your brain to feel safe, connected and empowered. So it is about connecting, but it's empowering you to feel feel safe and to self-soothe yeah. too. So we're going to get into that today. Let's um, do it. Fascinating. So let's hear a little bit about, you said there's four different types of boundaries. We've had two episodes on boundaries before. Your book is a different deep dive level. And that's why I was, you know, my own life was changed. Using it has changed my relationships in powerful and important ways that have mm-hmm. allowed me to continue relating. So tell us about these four types of boundaries, because most of us are only used to one type. Right. So I think about them as four types and I break them into two basic categories. You've got your external boundaries and you've got internal boundaries. So external boundary, typical type that -hmm. you would think about. That's where you're going to say something to somebody else Mm -hmm. about maybe what's not okay for you and then do something to take care of yourself. That's that external boundary space where I'm negotiating. Here are my boundaries inside of our relationship. Yes. Okay. And then there's these internal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of them's the psychological boundary. That is the space between my mind and another mind so mm-hmm. that I can keep my mind safe from yours mm-hmm. protected. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I keep your mind safe from mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I can actually be more respectful and more connected because I'm not trying to manipulate, maybe a hard word, but is it possible for us to have big difference and be connected through that difference? Mm. And I actually think that it is, Yeah. but we need to do some inner work Mm -hmm. to let us reach through that difference and say, oh, wow, I could be connected to you, even though you're feeling a hard thing. And I don't have to fix the hard thing for Mm. either one of us to be okay. Mm. That's so good. Yes. I say all the time, look, if you do really good boundary work, you will be more connected to people. Yeah, you will. Oh my gosh. You will. People together. Okay. Boundary work is not about separating. (laughs) Boundary work is about coming together and being in better connection with you and you. And then, and then I have the containing boundary. So that one is very much an internal boundary between you and yourself. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that you feel and do pretty quickly. And a lot of people are doing things that feel like, ah, that's not how I wanted to show up in that conversation. Ah, I feel like I let myself down with that, that Mm -hmm. choice I made. I'm a seven, the enthusiast, 
I love chocolate. I could eat an entire bag of Dove chocolate in one sitting. Is that a good choice for my body? No. (laughs) But because I love life, I could do that. That is the thing my body would absolutely say yes to. It's really hard for me to contain that. But with a containing boundary, ooh, I can put a pause between that longing and the actual doing Mm -hmm. where I can greet myself with kindness Mm -hmm. and I can put that pause between what I feel and what I do and double check my integrity and my relational intentions with me and other people. And when I do that double check, I'm more likely than for the next move behaviorally to match who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. Mm -hmm. So I think of the containing boundary as a way to build self-trust. Yes. Oh, I love that. And then you've got your physical boundary, and that one kind of rides the line between these two kinds. Sometimes it's more on the inside, like, do I even know what physical closeness is okay for me? Mm. Do I even know how I like to be touched? Mm. After, some of us have been through really, really hard, traumatic even mm-hmm. situations where maybe I have a history that tells me touch is dangerous in some way. Yeah. So some of the physical boundary work I offer is about repairing some of those old injuries Mm. and being with yourself really kindly and gently Mm. while you're with whatever experiences you've been through. So Mm -hmm. that's the internal part. And then there's an external part too, because I want to help people be able to communicate mm-hmm. about what feels good to them physically and what doesn't feel good to them physically. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so I was I think of that one as like, it rides the line between the two. I was it's kind of both. I was like, I'm going to rip off that. And I'm like, am I, or am I not? <laughs> so you did. That's perfect. Yes. Because that one, then you have to communicate that out if it's with somebody else. And I love yeah. that. Um, so, but this brings us to our next question in yes. a way about like, when we have a rupture, when we've tried to set the boundary, it didn't work. We have a relationship rupture. What do you recommend people do? Cause we know that happens sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. And <sighs> You know, sometimes, well, I wonder how bad the rupture is, right? First of all, is, Mm -hmm. is, ooh, that, that was a hard conversation that we're later going to repair. Or is this like a, ooh, I said what I, I said what was okay and not okay for me. And I said, I would need to do a thing. And then I did the thing and you ghosted me or you said no more or we're not in relationship, or sometimes mm-hmm. um, with lots of the folks I've worked with, actually not being in relationship is the health, they discover internally that that is the healthiest thing for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So when, oof, when it is that level of rupture, that's different. So let me take the first one first. Yeah. So when we're in more of that, uh, yeah, there's a rupture and also, we're going to try to get through this. Yeah. I turn in, I want to make sure that I'm doing my good psychological boundary work. Mm -hmm. I might have um, part of that work is really getting what is about me and what isn't about me. Mm. Yeah. So let me actually give a real life example. Would that be okay? Mm -hmm. Please. My sweet daughter when she was, she's 10 now, but she, this happened when she was seven. She got a note from a friend. 
that was really hard. And she was having, she was, she was helped having me help her read it. So I'm reading out loud with her and I read this in real time and she hears it in real time. Mm. And this friend said, Hey, I love being friends with you, but when you say this thing to me, I really hate it. And it makes me not want to be friends with you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. I mean, she's like, of course, in tears. My friend doesn't like me anymore. This is terrible. There's that rupture moment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with her first. We're just with the grief and the pain. Yeah. Cause that hurt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working it through with her where I go through a process with her that with the grownups, I call discernment, Mm -hmm. but with her, I say, let's pause and figure some stuff out. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, this friend said something that she doesn't like. Is that information about you? Or is that more information about your friend and what she does and doesn't like? So once we were through the big feeling and her brain is a little bit more soothed, Mm -hmm. even at seven, my sweet baby girl is going, wait a second. That's not information about me. That's information about my friend. Yeah. And you say the same thing to other friends. Do they have a hard time with it? Oh no. None of my other friends. Yeah. It's not hard for them. Oh, okay. So wait, let's check again. Is this information about you or is this information about your friend? Mm -hmm. So we do that discernment work so that Mm -hmm. I can really separate what information is mine Mm -hmm. and really information about me. And what information, what is the information about the other person? Okay. Now, if it's in the other person, whoop, we're going to keep it over there. And then we're going to do the other side of the psychological Mm -hmm. boundary work. Is it possible to listen with acceptance? Mm. Could we say it's actually okay for you to be who you are without me needing to change it to be okay? Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. I can be okay even if you're different than me Mm. Mm -hmm. or you need something different or this lands for you in a different way than it would for me, right? So, okay. So the first thing I would do if you're facing a rupture is hold on, go back over the scene and separate your mind from the other person's mind. Do some discernment. What's yours? What's not yours? Yeah. See if you can move into that. I think it's benevolent and respectful to bear witness to what's happening in another person without needing to change it. Right. You don't have to project shame onto them or within yourself. Right. Exactly. What if we're both okay having this difference? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first I'm going to do my psychological boundary work. Then... I'm going to do my containing boundary work. I might even need to do that away from the situation, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where I really ask myself, okay, if we go in to repair this, then ooh, how do I want to show up? And can I use compassion? I'm, I'm hyper, hyper big, huge on self-compassion yeah. because self-compassion soothes the, the lower brain. So the lower brain could be on fire when we have a big feeling Mm. and compassion is like the hose that puts it out. Mm. Wow. If you want to make a fire bigger, you want to throw more fuel on that fire. Harshness is a really good tool to put (laughs) more fuel on the fire. (laughs) Um, So is, so is ignoring your feelings or trying to shut them down. 
you will make them bigger behind that that fire door that you tried to put up right so so compassion i'm huge on compassion so we use uh in the book i talk about developing a practice where you find a gesture um, mm-hmm. of compassion and you use that gesture. And there's a lot of brain reasons that I go into depth in the book yeah. about why, but we find that gesture and we say, Oh, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And we remember, Hey, wait a second. How do I want to show up? Mm-hmm. What's my hope here? Relational intention wise, what do I really want mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. And I do that prep work so that when I enter that conversation to try to repair, I can ask, hey, could we talk about what happened? Can mm-hmm. I tell you what I'm hoping for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we can be together and try to figure it out. Yeah. If, so that's that's the rupture that probably could be helped. Yeah. Lots of self-soothing, lots of self-compassion. And then sometimes my, my containing boundary, um, I have to do a lot of work with myself around shutdown. Mm. So if... If I lack a pause between what I feel and what I do, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, it's not that I'm going to explode. It's that I'm going to go away. Mm. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave myself. I'll leave my partner. Yeah. My sweet husband will feel abandoned, but not be able to figure out why, because I'm six inches from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, where did you go? I see you. Where'd you go? I don't feel you anymore. Right. You're gone. You're right. I'm totally gone. Yeah. So I have to put my pause between what I feel and what I do between the feeling and the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes for me, I have to remember um, courage and I have to remember, ooh, I'm going to risk opening my mouth and risk moving into vulnerability here to try to get that reconnection. For me, some of my boundary work is actually around opening up and saying more. Whereas for other folks, sometimes it's around saying less or saying it in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we really show up the way we want to. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So you're saying self-soothing is a big part. So for you, so you can stay for others, it might be so that they can uh, breathe or that they can be present with kindness. But, but each of us needs the self-soothing when we're that amped up. And that's so huge because I think that what you're also leading to is there's a greater risk of a deeper, longer, more permanent rupture if we yes. don't do these repair pieces. That's exactly right. So when you have that small rupture, do all this inner work so that you can move into repair. Mm. If you've had a bigger rupture where it's very, very clear that at this point, maybe there's a pause in the relationship. Maybe the relationship is over. Oh, gosh. You know, I, <laughs> I love this work and I'm sometimes surprised that people want to keep talking to me because I keep coming back to grief. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. We need it. You know, and I think of grief. I, I have hard news because there's times where you're not going to avoid it. Mm. That saying yes to grief is the work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in small ways, like I'm not going to get what I was hoping for in this instance. And mm-hmm. sometimes in huge ways, like this, I'm going to lose this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I really want us to embrace that that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have this impossible choice. Sometimes we only have hard roads, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There have been times where it was either I abandon me mm-hmm. or I leave this. 
but mm-hmm. I can't do both. Right. I can't, I can't both be with me and be in this. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes that's when I have really encouraged this audience to do their personal work over their relationship work. What can we do so that we don't abandon ourselves in our work to set boundaries with others? I think that we owe it to ourselves to do that when I have to set a boundary because I have to protect my mental health. Mm -hmm. What can I do if it doesn't go my way and it ruptures so severely? You're saying sometimes you have to grieve. Absolutely. And do your compassion work to help yourself through and greet that grief with kindness. Mm. And I really think of grief as a process that's there to support us as we let go Mm. and face that a thing that was here is not here anymore. And it could be, yeah, it could be something really small, like a hope Mm -hmm. for getting this thing. And -hmm. it could be really, really big. Mm -hmm. But to face it is so key. Mm -hmm. And to face the reality of what you do have Mm -hmm. and what are all your armaments that you have. And so we need to self-soothe and nobody here um, who has been living with, I hope if you've been living with that sense of like, I'm not allowed to, I have to just love others. Like understand what you're saying is doing this work is foundational so that you can love others well. That's right. Yeah. Because otherwise you build resentment and you burn out. Yes. The thing is, is that Brene Brown did some really good work on this Mm. a few years ago where she was really looking at these people who are just embodied compassionate action and being, Mm. what is it that they were really, really good at? Mm. And she was thinking it was spirituality, but she's doing, she's making all these guesses. Nope. You know, it was boundaries. They had boundaries Mm. to steal. Yeah. <laughs> they had boundaries of like they were just very clear with themselves about mm. what was okay for them and what was not okay for them and yeah. I just think it's it's this space where the more I take care of me the more I can show up for other people I'm not asking anybody to create boundaries so that you don't show up for other people yeah. I'm asking us to create boundaries for a couple different reasons. One, it supports your brain to mm. be in higher states of integration, which is great because it's more creative and flexible and nuanced ways of thinking. And yeah. those, those states are only available to you when you feel safe enough. Yeah. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Two, because I believe that you're worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think, of, I think of boundaries as self-worth in action. Mm-hmm. You are treating yourself like a person who is worthy of protection and respect yeah. and kindness mm. and clarity. And three, it's going to help you be more connected to the world around you. You actually will show up more. You have more to give when you're supporting your brain and when you're treating yourself like a worthy oh, person. Yes. So. I'm like, that's why I'm a boundary lady. (laughs) Yes. And I think that if you were just boundaries, like you said, there'd be this sense of like, okay, I just do it and it's selfish. But instead, like you're like, sometimes you have to grieve. I'm this relationship is not going to be everything I thought it was going to be. It's going to shift and it's going to look different. And I'm going to have to lean in more sometimes. Or, you know, I'm maybe this one over here doesn't make Mm -hmm. the cut because I wouldn't be mentally well. Um, And I love Mm -hmm. that you're teaching that to the next gen too, uh, versus Mm -hmm. the sense of like, we have to do it all and be everything to everyone. And so, um, what about when we do need to make a request? I love how you differentiate between a complaint 
a demand and a request. Can yeah. you tell us why it's so important when we're asking somebody for something and trying to set a boundary, um, why that is? Because I'm going to use some of the language of John Gottman saying, don't criticize, complain. And I think that you're onto something when you say complaining is sort of an under approach. So maybe you can explain that to us. Yeah, definitely. So I think of our world as built in this way of like, oh, I complain about it. Hope you pick up on that. When you don't do it, I demand that you change. Yes. Now, ooh, that's hard for a couple of reasons. One is there's not much vulnerability when we complain. So I'm not actually opening up the part that's hurt. <laughs> that's a good point. Never heard anyone Eek. make that argument. That's a good point. Eek. And then if I'm in demand, now I'm trying to control something that's out of my control because I'm trying to get you to do something different. Mm. Oops. And I would like to replace both of those. So complaining could change to direct request and demand could change to boundary. So what is a direct request? A direct request is asking for someone's behavior to change, mm. asking for something from someone else. Now, here's the hard news about a direct request mm. is one, it's vulnerable. Sometimes you're going to get rejected. Sometimes people are going to tell you no. Mm. Yeah. And two, you're going to out yourself about your needs, which can feel shaky for a lot of people. Yeah. So I get why we don't do it. I'd rather complain about you just not being there for me than tell you, I yeah. need you more. And here's how you could show up. Would you be willing? <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's a vulnerability piece there That's that hard. aren't always comfortable doing. Because well, like, what if you reject me? And, and the thing is, it's not really a direct request unless it's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. If it's not okay to say no, you weren't making it a direct request. You were making a demand. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Oof. Oof. And people are going to say no sometimes. Right. Ugh. And that's hard. And then we make up all the stories in our head about what that means about our life or our marriage or yeah. our parenting or whatever, yeah. or our worth. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. So oh, it takes a lot of this psychological boundary work mm -hmm. and this containing boundary work, that inner boundary work I've been talking about to make it a little bit more safe to make those direct requests. Cause now when I ask my husband for something, let's say I ask his name's Adam. Let's say I, Hey, Adam, hun, is there any way we could have a date night soon? I have free time on Friday. I just feel so far away. Ah, I can't do that this week. Yeah. I, you know how overworked I am. That's my answer. Whoa. Yeah. Hopefully I have a psychological boundary in place. Yeah. <laughs> I can do my discernment very quickly and go, Hey, what if that was about me? Yeah. Right. Actually none of it. Yeah. Wow. If my psychological boundary is in place and I can accept his level of stress, I don't have to change him. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally get it, sweetie. You are really stressed out. Yeah. Work has been really hard. You're like, I can hear that. <laughs> I can hear that. Yeah. And then he may, because I greeted that stress kindly, may even turn around. He often will do something like this is if I can show up in that moment, <laughs> full disclosure, I do not always do it great, yeah. but let's say I did in this moment, do it great. He might say, but you're right. We haven't had a date night in a really long time. Yeah. Mm. It's been like six weeks. Yeah. Well, okay. This week doesn't work. When can it work? 
And now we're in a negotiation around solving the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So the first step, when I think about getting more of what you want, I think about, hey, take care of yourself so that it can feel safer, not safe. It won't ever feel safe. Vulnerability is always going to be scary. I have no way around that. Yeah. If you all if you all find it, please call me and tell me about it because <laughs> I have not found that. <laughs> Vulnerability is always scary, but we can make it a little bit more protected with some of this inner boundary work. Yeah. And so we're going to start there. And then if it turns out that maybe I've asked for something to change and it doesn't, and it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, and I've tried a few times. Yeah. Maybe it's time to set a boundary. And a boundary does not ask for anyone else's behavior to change. Yeah. A boundary asks for your behavior to change. Mm, yeah. So oh, <sighs> beautiful. And when we are finishing up our time here today, I mm-hmm. feel like the only piece that some of us might be left with is mm-hmm. can we walk through? We're going to read your words. I hope everyone will get your book. But may you just walk us through for a moment, would that be okay, some way Uh to self-soothe if we do come away with just a little discomfort from vulnerability or our partner is Mm -hmm. harsh? Is there something we could do and show? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing I want you to do is just notice if there's some, uh, it could be a movement or like a little shift in your body, if you are being kind towards someone else who you love, who's in pain, Mm. what does that look like, feel like in your body? And most people find that there's a little bit of a gesture or a movement that means, oh, sweetie. It means that, oh, you're not alone. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is hard. Mm-hmm. And for me, oh, I have a natural hand to my heart sort of space when my kiddo's in pain. That's who I was thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. And for other people, it's been the smallest little like fingers rubbing together. Or I was with a musician not long ago who moved their fingers like they would on a guitar. Oh. Right? That that's the love. That's what love means to them. That's what oh. kindness means to them. It could be anything. I have somebody who, who does this little shrug thing because it feels like hugging herself. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So be really creative. Really listen to your body and just see, oh, show me a gesture that knows this feeling. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I just got really slowed down. And I imagined my eyes getting big thinking about my kid to my son. And I was like, yeah. oh, I know what I do. I get soft. I stop moving so fast. Yeah. I become present. My eyes get bigger with compassion and care. Like I'm yeah. taking it all in. Oh, and yeah. I can do that for myself too. You we can, can totally do, do that. For ourselves too. And just now your hands even went like this when you said, I'm taking it all in. Yeah. And so now notice. Open. That's right. And so now notice, you can even test it out right now. So mm. notice in the last couple of weeks, if you've had a hard moment mm. where you felt a feeling that was really tough. Mm-hmm. And then imagine those, those wider eyes, that slowing down, that open hand, that yeah. open heart, and yeah. see if you can bring that gesture to that moment, to that version of you from before. Mm. Just mm. like you would to a really good friend. 
and then just check out, oh, how does that feel inside? And yeah, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, actually, that's a little more peaceful or soothing. Mm-hmm. For some of us, I just want to give a little shout out to folks who maybe come from really hard spaces. For some of us, ooh, it feels scary. It feels a little nervous to mm-hmm. be bringing that much kindness. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Just bring it softly and only take in even 1%. It's yeah. just fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to drink all of the compassion in it at once. Mm-hmm. Be really, your system has so much wisdom about how much is right to take in. So if you want to take it all in and that's right for you, great. And if you want to take in just 1% and that's all that's right for you right now, trust you. And that's okay too. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I am so grateful. I know everyone here is too. And the details and the experiential practices inside of your book are life giving. And I do feel your kinetic, beautiful seven inside of the pages too. So I just want to affirm like you really came through in this and and it was movable for me. I was like, I'm working, I'm doing, and my heart is opening. So thank you for making this practice for us. Where can everybody find you in your beautiful book? Oh my gosh. This is so awesome. I love that I'm here. Um, How can you find me? Uh, The book is called Setting Boundaries That Stick. My name is Julianne Taylor Shore, and you can find me at thatname.com. So www.juliannetaylorshore.com. I run boundaries workshops that are based on the book. So you you can come and work with me, and they're tiny. They're actually limited to eight people. Oh, that's good. So it's actually depth work over 20 hours. And yeah, you can find my book anywhere. It's on everywhere that you love to buy books. If you are an independent bookstore, most of them around the country, especially the big ones, Powell's Book People here in Austin, Texas, which is where I am, they have it. And of course, on all your big sellers have it as well. And yeah, I just love to connect with you all. And I am so grateful to you for having me on your podcast. Oh, my joy. This has just been so fun and so good to connect with you and the folks who listen. I'm just delighted. Thank you. Such a gift to us. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Julianne. You too. Bye. Oh my gosh. I am so glad we got to talk to Julianne. Guys, I was laughing so hard when I discovered she was a seven. That made me giggle because I realized that I loved her mechanics and practicality and yet her desire to keep us open-handed with our hearts too. Oh my goodness. In the experiential body, guys, she hit every zone with such wisdom. And I hope that if you felt that taste of learning that you'll take one thing from today and just start applying it. And if you need more, get the book that I got or make sure that you sign up for her classes because she has such a gift for helping us to feel safe and empowered. And I know that's what you want and connected. And then also don't forget the NES Summit in the show notes so that you can continue to build and to learn. And also, let's be honest, build up that Enneagram community. It took a hit about a year ago. So let's make sure that we continue to spread the wonderful lessons and not keep it to ourselves if we're really changed by these awarenesses. It just brings us into awareness in a bit more of a nuanced way. And when we can offer that to those in our circles, it really helps them too. So don't keep it to yourself. Share the summit. Hopefully you can attend. And also checking out Julianne's book would be such a gift to you too. So 
all of it in the show notes. I will talk to you on Wednesday. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.